A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We think we know Zlatan Ibrahimovic, but do we? At 40 years of age, 41 in October, after 34 trophies, 572 goals for club and country, and almost as many outrageous quotes to match, he's one of the most familiar and formidable characters in the modern game. Yeah, that's what I feel. (laughs) Even his many detractors have to admit that Zlatan is enduringly inevitable. When Milan won the Serie A title for the first time in 11 years in May, he was a non-playing member of the party, but he deserved to ostentatiously puff on his cigar during the final day celebrations at Sassuolo. Oggi siamo campioni di Italia. Voglio ringraziare tutti i giocatori prima. Ibrahimovic had played a huge part in recreating a winning attitude at the club, from campaigning for Stefano Pioli to be kept on as coach instead of the plan to bring in Ralph Rangnick, right through to helping to shape Milan's young players into nerveless winners. Though he is past his imperious best of goals like this. Well, Hart didn't quite get that right. Oh, look at that! That is absolutely astonishing! You won't see a better goal than that this season. He's got all four. His presence continues to be felt in Italy and far beyond. Ibrahimovic has crossed boundaries and switched dimensions throughout his career since his years as a teen outsider in southern Sweden. He had a range of stamps released in his honour in his native country. 
and even had his forename made into a verb in French. Such was his cultural impact during his time at Paris Saint-Germain. Face à Frédéric Déhu, Paul est dans la surface d'Afrique. Oh le but Oh le but exceptionnel encore une fois face à un Barthez maudit devant le Portugais Despite the knee injury that curtailed his involvement in the home straight of Milan's title charge, and that means he will not take the field again until 2023, Ibrahimovic has already made clear that he does indeed intend to return as a player when recovered, when he'll be 41, and he signed a new one-year deal with the club in July. His resolve to be a footballing immortal seems to be hardening down the years. Having originally taken international retirement in 2016, he returned to the Sweden setup in 2021. And even after the World Cup playoff loss to Poland in March this year, declined to say it was all over for him and the national team. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Yelta, free sprawkig, Mojerera, provocateur, affairsman, and poiker from Rosengård, Zlatan. And it's through a Swedish lens that we want to look at him here. And yes, that is our man Dotnadabio right there. We know what much of the rest of the world thinks about Zlatan, but what about where it all started? A place where, even into his fifth decade on the planet, his image is hardly static, given a couple of huge twists in recent times. So, earlier this summer, I traveled both to Stockholm and to Malmo, Zlatan's hometown, to work out how Zlatan's home nation sees him today and to get to the heart of the story, which saw Sweden's most famous player ever and European football's ultimate alpha knocked off his perch, literally. Welcome to Zlatan, hometown hero to villain. So this is, this is where it was. You can see this sort of like new sort of paving over here. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's about three places. One where it was the actual statue and then two where it was kind of like a few even when looking at Zlatan's career today and his evolving relationship with Swedish football in recent years, it's worth remembering about where he started out. Born in Malmö to a Bosniak father and Croat mother, he signed his first pro contract with his hometown club in 1996. So that's where my journey started, where I met Jonas Hansson, a Malmö-based football writer, to finally find the hallowed ground on which the monument to Zlatan was built. The old stadium is where he played his games when he... Um, played for Malmö FF, uh, so uh, it was kind of like uh, breaking into the Malmö team at well. such a young age was a sign of his prodigious yeah, exactly, talent. Exactly. But he didn't um, stick around too long. You know, uh, he was a big part of uh, you know them getting so so much money. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a record at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost still a record. It was only beaten one by the one player, uh, Alexander Isak, who went oh, yeah, from yeah, yeah. Uh, to Dortmund. Yeah. But that was just a few years ago. So he took a really really. He used to be the underdog here. Like, he wasn't even the biggest uh, striker talent in Malmö FF mm. when he came up. It was another player who was the big future star. And in the other clubs he was before Malmö FF in his youth, he, he doesn't want to talk to them. There's, mm. for example, there's some money who was supposed to go to this club because he used to play youth football. Mm -hmm. But they don't have the registration from these clubs, so they know, don't know exactly when he played for which club. Mm -hmm. And he refuses to sell, say, because he doesn't want th those clubs to have any money. Okay. So... It's been a w weird thing with all of that. Right. Uh, that's quite a that's quite big uh, 
types of money for such really, really small clubs. He was always famous for these little quips about when he said, well, what Kurt John Carew can do with a football, I can do with an orange and all these sort of funny things he said throughout his life. Now, when I decided I wanted to speak to people about this chapter in Zlatan's career, there was only one man I could start with. This is the ramble after all. OTC regular Lars Sivertsen has kept an eye on his fellow Scandinavian since he started making noise in the early 2000s. And what a noise it has been, with people all over the world following him ever more closely as he's hoovered up trophies all over Europe. I, I get the sense that he has uh, won the respect of the sort of Anglophone uh, world eventually. Uh, but uh, that it took a little bit longer than in perhaps uh, than perhaps in Sweden and per- perhaps in places like Italy, uh, because of course there was a long period where he played very very well uh, domestically for, uh, for for Inter in particular for PSG to an extent as well, uh, and then didn't do quite as well in the big Champions League games. <laughs> And the reality is a lot of people in England and a lot of people around the world, they don't watch Serie A that often and they don't watch Liga that often, but they do watch the big Champions League games. When he was at his peak, when he was playing for Inter, when he was playing for PSG, playing for Milan as well, those teams were very Ibra-centric. They weren't teams that had a very well-developed collective style of play. It was a lot, give it to Ibra and he'll you know, make something happen. And that's fine when you're thrashing sort of various mid-table teams in Italy and France on a weekly basis. But maybe when you get to the sharp end of the Champions League against the very best opponents in the world, you know, the, the, there has been a real shift towards the triumph of the collective in football and less individuals doing it on their own. And I, I think that cost him a little bit in those games. Um, and, and I think because he didn't always perform in those massive games, it, it did affect his standing internationally. But, but my sense certainly is that people have been have been won, maybe put off a bit by by the, the aforementioned marketing guff and and uh, and and the, the the dumb tweets and sort of going on Jimmy Kimmel and saying nonsense. But you know, generally speaking, I think people respect his footballing ability now to the extent that that they should. That marketing guff, as Lars puts it, has always loomed over Zlatan's absurd talent and impressive career. That sense that it's just a bit much sometimes. Noah Backner, a Swedish football journalist based in Stockholm, has seen this element of Zlatan develop as he's plied his trade at various mega clubs across Europe. I think the move to PSG changed him more than anything else. I think he was, you know... His mindset was elevated to a more commercial, be more commercially oriented. By then, uh, he also started lots of different projects uh, besides his football, and um, I think his understanding of football changed. I think he viewed football more as an industry and, and uh, less about feelings and emotion. From that point uh, onwards, and this cult of personality became particularly apparent by the time he moved to LA Galaxy in 2018. Towards the end of his career, particularly around about the time he went to the MLS. That became there becomes so much marketing built around that that persona, and he, you know he has his Twitter account constantly just spewing nonsense about him being a lion and all this, this 
all done by marketing people, I'm sure. But it was a sense that he was becoming more meme than man, if you will. And 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 he also started engaging in a lot of business stuff, you know, selling under selling underwear and you know having a stake in a betting company and you know becoming like a businessman, which is fine for a very wealthy player towards the end of his career. But but it felt very artificial, a lot of it. And it felt like he was trading off his persona and his sort of brusque, no-nonsense persona. It's difficult to take your public persona and monetize it when that public persona is that you're an outsider and and you're like countercultural and stuff. Uh, Because you look like a sellout almost no matter how you do it. Like, there's nothing like... uh, it's like oh, maybe I shouldn't name brands for fear that they'll one day sponsor us. But like, there's a there there are bear companies who are like make a big deal about being sort of uh, being punk and outsiders and stuff. But like, they're sold in Tesco. Like, mate, you're not. You're not there's nothing <laughs> countercultural about what what this company. Is. And, and I think I think with Ibrahimovic, he kind of runs into that problem. What last mentioned about that outsider feeling around Zlatan is absolutely crucial. Because although he was born in Sweden, has played 121 times for the national team and was once voted the country's second greatest ever sportsman, he's often felt a sense of exclusion from mainstream Swedish society since he was a child. As is clear in the pages of his 2013 autobiography, I Am Zlatan Ibrahimovic. A lot of things changed in 10 years, more than 10 years, in 20 years. Uh, A lot of things changed that period of time. And it was a positive change on how people look at the immigrants in Sweden. This is Sasha Ibrulia. He's also from a Bosnian background and now lives in Sweden, arriving only after the start of Zlatan mania. Obviously, I came to Sweden 10 years ago mm-hmm. when Zlatan was already a superstar and one of the biggest stars in Sweden, or the biggest star in Sweden. But... Uh, I felt how people differently react to the fact that you're coming from the same country as him, right. or from the same region as him, yeah. or how they differently react to the players coming from that region or coming from abroad in general, mm. or to the players with a immigrant roots. Mm. So I think that in a way Zlatan changed the perspective of Swedish people and Swedish society in general on how they look at the immigrants. His background, and specifically being from Rosengård in, in, uh, outside of Malmö, is, is, is crucial. And it's a thing that can be difficult to explain to, to people from outside of Scandinavia. So, so there's a history there, which is that around in, in sort of the late 60s, uh, around, Sweden as a nation decided to build uh, a million new homes over a 10-year period, a huge public housing pr- pr- program. Now, Sweden's population at the time was about 8 million. So, so building, building a million new homes is, is quite a big project. And they built a lot of tower blocks uh, here and there and, and stuff. And, and outside of Malmö was one of the places where they built a lot of, a lot of new housing. But of course, during the 70s, uh, Sweden then hit a recession. Uh, which was particularly hard on the sort of industrial sector. And Malmo historically was a was a industrial, you know, shipbuilding type of town. So, so the apartment blocks that had been built uh, as this big public project, you know, if they weren't completely left empty, then they were certainly not very desirable and not very useful. And they then became a place where it was optimal and, and natural and, and normal for, for immigrants and asylum seekers to, to move into. So, so the word ghetto is very strong and probably doesn't fully apply, but there, there's a bit of that. A country's immigrants are so often intertwined with its footballing history. 
Immigration has been a catalyst for England's recent tournament success. Other greats of international football like Zinedine Zidane, Romelu Lukaku and Karim Benzema come from immigrant families. It's part of football's as well as life's rich tapestry. Zlatan Ibrahimovic, though he didn't ask for it or probably even realise it, was going to have to shoulder an awful lot of responsibility. Rosengarten then, and I think this is key, became an example for all the rest of Scandinavia for like, if you don't control immigration properly, this happens. So every time there was a debate about immigration in Norway or in Denmark or Sweden, Rosengard was like the place, like we, we can't have this happening. So, so when Ibrahimovic came through, he wasn't just like a, a cocky young kid who, who looked and sounded like he was foreign and had a foreign name. He was also from the very place that to a lot of people in Scandinavia was like the, the example of what must not happen <laughs> with all these immigrants. And that is a lot to carry on your shoulders when, when you're moving into a career in the public eye. And I think a lot of his bravado was a defense mechanism. You know, there's, there's a really interesting clip in a documentary from his breakthrough season, which was a documentary about Malmö. There's an interview there where he's on a train and he's being interviewed about his, his cockiness. And he says that he understands, like, I can't just be too cocky and I can be humble too, but I feel like I have to be cocky because if not, people can get at me. And, and he had the sort of sense that people were out to get him. After the break, Zlatan puts Swedish football back at the top of the news cycle, though not in the way his hometown fans would have hoped. 
So, imagine you're Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You've put Swedish football on the map for nearly two decades, winning trophies at some of the game's biggest clubs and scoring some of your nation's biggest ever goals. What next? Well, by 2019, his hometown of Malmö already wanted to show their appreciation for their hero when they unveiled a statue of him outside the club stadium. After 20 years of professional football, I feel this is where everything ends with a statue. His grizzly goatee framing a satisfied grin as he waved to hundreds of fans. The statue wasn't a bad effort either, miles better than the original Cristiano Ronaldo one at least. It stood at three meters high, his arms were open and predictably his shirt was off and you could see the defined abs underneath. It weighed 500 kilograms and stood on an eight ton red granite frame. Nothing like a bit of subtlety for Sweden's most outspoken son. I mean, you have players that win trophies, you have players that get statues, and then you have players that get trophies and statues. When he was in Los Angeles, he was still thinking about Malmö and talking about Malmö because the, the theme of the interview that we did was was the fact that the statue was going to be raised. And, Here's Noah uh, Backner again. He commented on the way it looked. He commented on you know uh, the what he what it meant to him and what it meant to Malmö and what Malmö meant to him and so on quite for quite a bit in that in that interview. So he was moved by the entire occasion and, and it, it felt as if it was important to him. But. Um, um, he had a he somewhere along the line, somewhere along the road, he he developed a different um, different idea of of uh, loyalty and you know what it meant to to honor his his relationship with Malmö in that way. So the statue of Zlatan Ibrahimovic uh, was was created. Um, it's not been there forever. It was actually created in in nineteen seven nineteen in nineteen seventeen. That would have been quite something. <laughs> it was actually created in two thousand and seventeen. So this is actually fairly recent, and it was um, it was uh, 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 unveiled outside of Malmo's uh, football stadium uh, in uh, late autumn, two thousand and nineteen, uh, in front of thousands of fans. You know, there's a lot of cheering, and you know, to to remember the great son of of Malmo. Anyway, many thought this was a symbol of the enduring, if sometimes strained, love between Zlatan and the place where it all started for him. But just two months later, on Tuesday 26th of November 2019, everything changed. Is he a player you'd like to see playing for Hammarby rather than just owning part of the club? Yeah, from my position, uh, yeah, of course, but uh, it's nothing that we have discussed. Uh, we, him and me, we discuss, and then he's a part owner, and uh, when he also is on the pitch, he's, he's more to, to keep the football going and uh, keep fit, so we haven't discussed that. Just a few months afterwards, after his big homecoming, after you know such a big moment for him that he was going to be a, a big uh, you know he was going to be immortalized in Malmo, and he talked about this in the interview as well that uh, it was a big moment for him and that he he, he loved Malmo, and then the news uh, came through that he had invested in in Hammarby, and he said stuff in an interview um, at the same time saying that he wanted Hammarby to become the the biggest. Uh, Club in Scandinavia. He said stuff about uh, he think him thinking that um, the people of Malmo were just happy for him to invest in Malmo as well, uh, and then it was uh, vandalized immediately afterwards. It was seen as an incredible betrayal because throughout his career he'd been very closely identified with the, the city of Malmo and particularly the suburb of Rosengård where he grew up. It's not just the place he's from. He's kind of like really fronted up as like a Malmo guy. And uh, and so for him to become part owner of a team in Stockholm, 
that was very hurtful for a lot of people, and, and it did feel like a real betrayal. They also boast one of Sweden's most passionate fan bases, including one .natabio of this parish. They have a league-leading analytics department sell out their stadium every week, but they aren't the club Zlatan made his professional debut with. His hometown club many hoped he would return to. They're not Malmö. Malmö fans predictably were furious. Alltså man förstår att folk är upprörda liksom att han köpte ju sina andelar i Hammarby och allt det där liksom. Two months before they'd celebrated the unveiling of a statue of their king. Now he was a ruler in their rivals lands. And to add insult to injury, it turns out one of his previous clubs had helped broker the deal. He was given shares in Hammarby as a deal with uh, the Anschutz Entertainment Group when he left LA Galaxy, and they were a minor investor in Hammarby as well. So Swedish club clubs can be owned by private investors to 49%. Uh, the rest of them will be owned by the by the members of the club. So uh, that's a block. So he can't control stuff at Hammarby. So in the days building up to that, how angry were people with him for buying into Hammarby? They were quite angry, but I think to understand why someone can be that angry at that, I think you need a little bit more context. For first of all, uh, every team in Sweden is supposed to have uh, the the members as the majority owners, which is still a thing in Hammarby, absolutely. But there are quite few teams that also have these 39... 49% 49% owned by someone else. Right. Mostly are 100% owned by by the members. So that's a big thing. And that's something that we've kind of, in Sweden, have made a big thing about. Mm. That's one of the, we think, one of our strengths in this country, that we have this kind of strong uh, thing that we don't get owners coming in, spending mm-hmm. some money, and then the club goes down. Because we've seen a lot of examples from Denmark, for example. A lot of teams getting foreign owners some of them successful, like Midtjylland. Everyone talks about Midtjylland, same owner mm. as Brentford. But they are one team that's been successful, and then you can say five teams that hasn't been successful with mm. this type of ownership in these small countries. So, Ibrahimovic won't be wielding his influence as the owner and big decision-maker at Hammerby anytime soon. Not with this investment, anyway. While it's certainly a savvy business decision, investing in one of Scandinavia's most progressive and exciting clubs, it was always going to have some pretty stark consequences back in Malmö. Sartin, Sartin, what do you have to say to the people that keep vandalizing your statue in Sweden? The fans, predictably, weren't happy at all, especially as they'd spent the last few months celebrating his statue outside the ground. Lars Sivertsen explains what happened next. So I think you have to understand that there was a lot of anger from a lot of people who, who'd seen him as a hero. And it's about more than just buying the club. There's a wider context. And, and, and it, <laughs> it basically triggered a, a string of, of attempts to vandalize the statue. There was, there was paint sprayed on. Uh, they tried to burn it, which is difficult because, I mean, it's, it's, it's not flammable. It's a statue. <laughs> uh, but, but, but certainly there were many uh, creative attempts at, uh, at vandalizing the statue. At one point, the statue's leg was sawn off. Uh, a, a toe on the left foot was removed. I mean, all kinds of things. And it, it, it was toppled in the end in, the, in early to 2020, I suppose it was. And, and it was eventually removed from its plinth. When I met with Jonas Hansson while in Sweden looking into this story, he had a few more infamous tales around the statue too. So do you remember where you were when the Zlatan Ibrahimovic statue came down? 
Oh, that's a good question to start with. I'm just putting me on the spot here. <laughs> um, yeah, I do remember that because everyone also saw the nose being taken off and there's been a lot of rumors about where that nose have ended up. Some They say that someone has it on his necklace and stuff right. like that. So yeah, it's been a lot of... Uh, a lot of rumors and a lot of things and no one knows where it is now it's supposed to be hidden somewhere in malmo no one for, for restoration officially yeah, exactly yeah. exactly but we never know what's going to happen it's the guy who made it he said that he hasn't fixed it yet and right. we don't know where it's going to be put when it's going to be up because everyone just knows that if it goes up in malmo again someone will tear it down lee roden is a football reporter who you may have heard on our recent at the match episodes from sweden he's lived all over europe but is now based in Stockholm and sits on the other side of the fence to many upset Malmö fans because he's a season ticket holder at Hammerby. So from your perspective and from, I guess, the perspective of your friends who support Hammerby, how did it feel when he, he bought in? How did you and your friends react to it? I think people were perplexed, to be honest. Um, there's like There was two schools of thought. One of them was like, because Hammerby, you have to understand, have won the league once, but they're very much, like in Spanish terms, I can't think of an English term, they're like El Kibo del Barrio, they're like a, a neighbourhood team. They're not mm. They're not this superstar, big money, you know, icon team in any way. So the, the fact that he picked Hammerby, I think to a lot of Hammerby fans kind of bewildered them. Even though as a journalist, when I analysed it, which I had to do at the time, in a lot of ways it made sense. Um, like the way the club was starting to move and position itself, it made itself a kind of reasonable investment, not least because you've got 28,000 people guaranteed every week, um, almost. Mm. Um, and then, but then th- th- there were other people who I think just enjoyed the the idea of annoying Mama, I think, too. Um, <laughs> it, it kind of... It, it, you have to admit it's a, it's a smaller club than Malmö. Malmö are very much the big fish in the Swedish pond these days. So did Ibrahimovic know what sort of reaction this was going to cause? It's a complicated situation to work out, which is probably why everyone I asked split into two separate camps. Zlatan either didn't know just how much Malmö fans revered him, or he knew about it and did it anyway. Jonas Hansson and Noah Backner think there was a touch of naivety involved. I don't think he 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 realized how big thing this is because he's played in in Milan and Inter, for example, mm. and Juventus as well. Like he, yeah. I don't think he he realized how big thing this is in Sweden that yeah. you don't really do stuff like that because he's, is he really not that familiar with Swedish football culture? No, exactly. He's been away for a very long mm. time, and you know this was a part of uh, him moving to USA that he was going to be yeah. able to pop because uh, the owners there are the same owners that... Alec Alex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was a part of the, the deal, I think, mm. uh, for him to moving to USA. So, uh, But no, I don't think he, he realized what he did. Uh, and I don't think he had thought it through, through completely. But he, d- he did what he could uh, because he couldn't do this in Malmö. So. I think he might have overestimated the uh, sort of... Um, the. the the strength of the of the of the loyalty that um, people of Malmo felt towards him, I think he might have underestimated the the power in in tribalism in Swedish football, and that that sort of move. And uh, it would have been a big deal, uh, whatever club he would have engaged himself with that wasn't Malmo FF. But perhaps there was a um, 
an even bigger deal than it was Hammarby because Hammarby is is a fast growing club in Sweden and they're uh, uh, you know one of the main teams that would uh, look to look to um, topple Malmö FF in, in, uh, of, over the years coming. So uh, they were a force, they were not an irrelevant force in Swedish football. So the fact that he chose to engage with them and also talked about making them the biggest club in Scandinavia made everything worse. Lee Roden isn't so sure. My impression, he's he's hinted at this, is that this all comes from a feeling of being betrayed. And I don't know if you know the background to this, you might well do. But when he, when he went to Ajax, he insists that at the time, Malmö's then sporting director did him out of money, basically, mm. and uh, took money that would have gone to his salary and instead took it to Malmö, took it to the, the club um, to get a better fee. Now, like we can all debate whether that's true or not. No one really knows the answer apart from, apart from them. But I think you have to remember at the time he was a 19-year-old. Um, it's quite a vulnerable time in his life as well. Of the few honest things you get in I Am Zlatan, the book, which is in many ways... Uh, a version of history, a fictional mm. version of history. I think it's true that, like at that time period when he was a kid, he he felt victimized and ostracized quite often, in, in Malmo and his upbringing, and and the way that he can't really let go of that incident from when he went to Ajax, despite all the success afterwards, shows that I think that it really did hurt him. Um, and and sort of steamrolling off of that, I, I don't doubt that the reaction with the statue, um, and the way the fans have now turned fully on him, and there's no doubt about that. Absolutely, it gets to him. Zlatan always needs tension. He always he always needs a, an enemy. He always needs something mm. to be fighting against. What would the 18-year-old Zlatan have thought of this character? You know, if mm. there's a kid exactly like the kid Zlatan was when he was young and you had a super, super, super global superstar who'd always traded on his, his uh, immigrant working class roots and always traded on being from Malmo, who suddenly became this sort of commercial operator and this businessman you know, engaging, using that persona as part of the marketing and buying a club in the other part of the country. I, I think an 18-year-old version of Ibra would want to punch this this Ibra in the face, to be honest. I mean, really, I don't think you would have liked him at all. It's all just a sorry state of affairs, isn't it? That's often the crux of it when you're as iconic in one nation as Zlatan is in Sweden. It's really sad because uh, it's a breakdown and, and, and it's, uh, um, you know, it, it takes away some of the most um, uh, heartwarming elements of, his, of the story of Zlatan. Uh, you know, he, much of his, the narrative that he's built around himself and much of his personal story is, you know, um, connected to his origins and his his uh, upbringing in Malmo and uh, what he meant for that city, and he's also become a really he also over the years became a real important I think symbol and character for for Malmo what Malmo is how Malmo has changed over the years. Considering this special profound relationship with Malmo beneath the bluster and the accusations, I was curious to know if Ibrahimovic's seemingly bulletproof confidence took a hit when his effigy tumbled from its plinth. Here's Sasha Ibrulia again. You asked at the beginning if this hurts him. Yes, but if, is this hurting the local community? Mm. Yes, much more than it hurts him. Mm. And that's why I think that's, that's why the reaction was so, so emotional, mm. if, if we can call it like that. I find the interesting thing about Zlatan is someone who sets himself up as 
an individual, not like other football players. He's always been like that, someone who's a, a, a groundbreaker. To be accepted by Sweden means a lot to him, doesn't it? To become a Swedish hero means a lot to him. Yeah, definitely. Even if you go back to the basics and, and talk about a Swedish national team, 40 years ago, 30 years ago at the World Cup in 1994, we've always considered Sweden to be a well-organized and 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 uh, a well-organized team without uh, without individuals that were superstars in the way that Zlatan became a superstar. So uh, yes, he changed. Uh, Swedish football and Swedish football changed him mm. but as you said uh, I think I think he's he's the one who introduced individualism mm. into the Swedish football and Swedish national team in special and yes in a way that could be seen as or he could be seen as the most influential football player in the history of this country because everything changed with Zlatan everything changed with Zlatan not only is that a nice sentiment it's absolutely the case Sasha Ibrulia has first-hand experience of how someone without a traditional Swedish name or background captured the imagination in his homeland and that feeling of warmth probably spurs on a lot of conversations about what Ibrahimovic might do post Milanese renaissance would he return home? I think it would be great for Swedish football. Just his presence in Swedish football would be great because at, at this point, uh, as I said, I live in Sweden for the last 10 years and I follow Swedish club football for the last 10 years. And it improved a lot mm. in terms of organization, in terms of infrastructure, in terms of quality of the, of the game. But what it needs now is international recognition. Yeah. And having Zlatan in the league would bring huge international international recognition and and and, uh, and interest yeah. which is at this point what Swedish football needs the most as I said uh, the stadiums are quite uh, full with people mm-hmm. especially here in, in Stockholm Hammarby Eiko Jurgården EFK uh, Gothenburg uh, Malmö obviously as the mm-hmm. champion and all the big teams have a, a huge supporters base and the smaller teams have uh, a local community behind them and having such a big star attracting international interest mm. would uh, would give this league a chance to make a step forward and to show itself to to the uh, to the world of football he would enjoy that sort of Kobe Bryant style <laughs> victory lap wouldn't he yeah he would he would enjoy it he would enjoy it and he would enjoy it what I just said that he would be the one that that pulls the league into the new direction and I think he would he wouldn't miss a chance to to emphasize that that fact that he is the one who gets all the all the interest but as I said if he does that it's still great for the for the Swedish football it's still great for all Svenskan it's still great for young Swedish players that will get more uh, attention, more interest from from abroad, and I think it would it would improve the league in general. Hammerby season ticket holder Lee Roden would love him back, but he's not so hopeful. 
So had you asked me if I thought he was going to come to Hammerby um, about a year and a half ago, I would have said highly likely. Now that he's extended with Milan, and now that he's extended with Milan at a time where he's obviously got a severe injury problem again, I really I don't see it happening. My 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 gut my instinct now is that it won't happen because, I mean he's he's winding down as things are. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously he made a decision now that he wants to continue winding down at a higher level, I guess. Um, and I just don't see how, especially in in Sweden, where a lot of the pitches either aren't the best or the artificial grass with very little give, and we all know how much of an issue with ACL injuries that can cause. Mm-hmm. I have a hard time seeing you know five hundred year olds last time with no knees <laughs> running around um, against Dagger Fors on a like you know cold <laughs> March night. I, I don't I don't know if that's that's alluring to him anymore. I think it was something that we all of us kind of like. It could maybe happen in some capacity. I don't think people expected him to come, come back here and play three years. I think no yeah. one thought that. But maybe half a season or at least come back and do one last game, kind of like your last game in career. I think that was an option, actually. Mm. Like, it's not quite normal in football. Maybe not mm. a sports. Sometimes that happens when you sign a one-day one contract in NHL with a team you grew up playing with. Uh, but... Um, It's not a normal football, but I thought maybe something like that. So, Zlatan's Swedish victory lap probably won't happen anytime soon. Or maybe even at all. It's difficult to judge how Swedish football fans would react if he came back too. That statue might never be restored in front of his previously adoring fans back in Melmer. He might never actively get involved in Hammerby off the back of his investment, making good on his promise to help them become the biggest club in Sweden. He might not even return to Sweden. He's still got unfinished business at Milan, as last year's Scudetto win proved. And reports suggest his two sons have just joined the academy at Milanello, opening up the possibility of the Ibrahimovic name being continued at the club. Regardless of what Zlatan's future entails, just make sure you take some advice from Noah Backner. Don't joke about it on Twitter. So um, there's this feeling in Sweden that maybe Zlatan was the actual coach of AC Milan last year. Maybe you know, maybe he had a greater influence off the pitch than Pioli had. Uh, and so I, I, I joked and said that if they decide to get rid of uh, Milos Milojevic here at Malmö, the most the most interesting Swedish managerial subject right now has just won the Serie A. <laughs> and Malmö Malmö fans reacted with such fury that I. I didn't understand what I'd thrown myself into, so I just deleted it because I didn't have the intention of provoking them. So it's still a very raw subject, and they are—they just so he has a long way to go, I think, uh, to uh, reach some sort of redemption. Yeah. Provocation is never something Zlatan Ibrahimovic is ever worried about, of course. Yet it's hard not to feel a sense of sadness that his story with Malmo, in particular, should end like this. But with Zlatan, of course, it's never over until it's over. And you're always guaranteed an outlandish ending. Thanks for listening to Zlatan, hometown hero to villain. is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.